Welcome to the OFR podcast. OFR podcast is a podcast hosted by Old Fashioned Research, a multi-strategy crypto fund that invests and supports global entrepreneurs to further Web3 adoptions worldwide. At OFR podcast, we discuss trends, news, and the future in Web3, featuring thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs in the industry. Please follow us on Twitter at OFR Fund or subscribe to our podcast for more updates. Please know that all our content only represents the views of individuals and does not include any financial advice. In this episode, we have Gilan Basali, investment principal with OFR, and Andre Franco, head of research at Mercado Bitcoin, the largest crypto exchange in Brazil. Both Gilan and Andre are from Brazil with years of experience in the crypto industry. They discussed the local crypto landscape and the challenges and potential for local players, including gaming projects, guilds, crypto exchanges in the current market cycle. So this is actually the very first episode uh, of the OFR podcast. And uh, let's welcome our, ca- uh, our guest uh, of this episode, uh, Guy and Andre. So uh, maybe we'll start from Guy. Uh, could you, could you uh, introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Uh, glad to be here. I'm an investment principal at Old Fashioned Research. I have been focusing on looking at the Latin American market. Uh, previously worked on Binance, uh, which is where I also met Andrea doing some uh, podcasts as well in the past. Uh, glad to be talking to Andrea today. And uh, I think we have quite a few interesting topics that we can talk about uh, what's going on in Latin America, uh, especially about regulation, uh, different projects uh, and products that are coming around. Uh, and one of the things that have been uh, the go-to topic, uh, which is GameFi and uh, especially guilds and how Latin America is kind of becoming a hub for GameFi uh, in addition to Southeast Asia. So uh, glad to talk to you today, Andrea. Hi guys. Uh, thank you we, uh, for this invitation. Uh, it's, uh, I'm working crypto since 2017, but I bought my first Bitcoin in 2015. I started the kind of like fundamentalist analysis in Brazil. You know, I can see like it in the past now, uh, like the fa- facing now and see that uh, what, I, what I did in 2017 is, is far from what I'm doing now as an analyst. I mean, uh, now you have like kind of a tools that you can, uh, you do, you, you can, can lay and understand what has happened, but in 2017, this it's a kind of a, just a dream. And now we have a product to have a kind of a, a crew that uh, follow the product. It's a kind of a uh, amazing environment in crypto. And the, 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 I think the best opportunity in the next ten years will be here in, in this environment. So, from my perspective, uh, we are in a sweet spot in Brazil, in Latin America, to not just cover but uh, like this embrace this innovation and be part of this. So I'm really, really confident that uh, the kind of uh, new uh, evolution of a uh, uh, label Web3, Web3 world you come from Latin America because you have like uh, the same environments that uh, uh, could be seen flourish the Uber and the Airbnb because the population are looking for a kind of a income that they couldn't uh, see in their lives. Uh, this is a kind of a really powerful uh, condition that it, it doesn't happen in developed countries. So this is the main topic that you discuss uh, uh, today. But uh, you know, like uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, uh, 
Latin America be part of the this WebFi future in the point of that you can provide labor and the cheapest labor uh, compared to all the other series like in developed countries. Uh, I think Andre is being a little bit humble. Uh, he's actually <laughs> known as Andre AXS uh, Infinity <laughs> in Brazil because he made a huge investment suggestion uh, last year. I think it was before X he became quite popular. So maybe uh, you could shine some light into what was the thought back then, Andre, and why you thought like X was going to come okay, out. Okay, and maybe okay. Maybe what? Yeah, we saw that. Uh, And for sure, I understand like a digital pro uh, property. I understand the kind of a disruption. But in my mind, I thought that, oh, no way that people, the average Joe can understand this in the first time. Like now, they understand what is NFT years. And it's a kind of a digital property that they give you a sex uh, to something or, or, uh, or what will be this, you know. Uh, we start to, to study NFT in 2020. And uh, the first perspective, the first idea that you had is that no way that average Joe will buy these things and understand what is digital property and he understands all this abstractor uh, kind of, uh, you know, like primacy about the NFT. But we thought that, uh, okay, guys, the game is this kind of the NFT uh, join with games. It totally makes sense. We saw this kind uh, of thing happen, and it still happen in kind of famous games, you know, World of Warcraft, Tibia, the people that are, uh, spend 10 hours a day uh, playing that game to just like have a, a kind of, they just like uh, give up of the account and said, okay, I don't like more this game, so I will try other things. I will try to play PS5, FIFA, play football, basketball, something that they will sell this the this account they will sell the items and this is what happened so this is the first sparkling for us to uh, okay gamers understand digital problem to see this uh, mattering not just today you know i make a pause now too it's cutting for everyone or just for we so i think i think andre is being a little bit humble about his background he's actually known in brazil as being andre axs Uh, because last year he made a big investment decision uh, and suggestion uh, for his subscribers when he was studying X Infinity, NFTs, and GameFi in general. So maybe if you could shed some light into that decision, Andre, and um, also what, how you're looking at GameFi and uh, especially how that fits into the Latin America thesis. Great way. Uh, you know, this is, would it be? be our secret but uh, as you bring the surface I can explain everything this Romy run you know like my perspective it started in the end of 2020 when you started to study NFT so this kind of a digital property is in our minds okay Guy, this is would be our secret but uh, as you bring the surface I I can tell everything and uh, this Romy run started in 2020 actually in the end of 2020 when you You, uh, me and my, and my team, we started to see the new thesis for the new year, you know, so 2021. And then we started to do a study about the NFT and all those things. And uh, we understand digital profits, but for me and my team, it's clear that average Joe wouldn't see the same thing that I saw in the first time. And this is really uh, need a time to, to reach the average Joe. And... Uh, 
from from this idea, we decided, okay, NFT as a archie or some co collectible thing is not a suitable for grow in 2021, but uh, maybe games, NFT games is a kind of a use the NFT with the power full of games and then make it create this kind of a, uh, a bomb, you know, like to, could be exploding the next year. And from our perspective, just like it, the way that you will see the other games, the games that people spend hours in days in life on, on front of in front of a computer, uh, like Tibia, World of Warcraft, they uh, got money, like digital money inside of the game. And then they spend the money by items. And then these items, they can uh, sell for other, uh, other players. And for sure, the, they did this. And they did a lot. You saw this through the history that has happened with Tibia and World of Warcraft. So from our perspective, just like, okay, actually, it's a, a need uh, from the players. Uh, they want this kind of thing. So it's a kind of a, uh, a natural evolution of this. And then you you decide to to get Axie Infinity, not just about Axie Infinity for sure, but it's uh, we we saw the gamify not a, that name, but a crypto gaming that time as a, as a really good investment in the next two or three years because of this. It's kind of a structural thing that it, it would happen in the future. And then when uh, I think after the the first semester. We saw the first, like you know, uh, the, the first slides of the Romera. We uh, saw the market is kind of going down sharply, and then we saw Axie Infinity rose in order in the price in that in that moment, but uh, in the uh, growth, I mean, thirty percent of the uh, daily players, not just like people that are set accounts, people. That go there and play every day, 30% is a lot, uh, week by week. So we saw that and said, okay, this is a kind of a now you, you need to to put more uh, from our funds. This and then you you go big, you go like 15% uh, of the funds, and then uh, we start to understand the game fight teases uh, all day all all day long. You know, we spend it hours and hours to understand you where you'll be the end of this or maybe what will be the future this is the, the first hint that you had and we saw uh okay this is not a sustainable in the first place but it's okay you can uh for sure uh get money from this thesis. and from my perspective now is so clear that okay this is a kind of thing that i put people in crypto it's a kind of onboarding situation you know like in uh, in my perspective, as an analyst, I see business go into in two boxes. You made infrastructure for people or business or anything else, or you onboard people. You know, you put people in crypto. You uh, let people uh, buy crypto or let or or tell people how to buy crypto and all those things. You know, so onboard people. And this is a game that uh, uh, what happened with the uh, Axe Infinity uh, in general. So uh, now I really believe that uh, if he, this kind of guilds and all this uh, gamify, they are responsible for putting people in, in crypto, not just a game. You know, it's just like the first uh, idea that they had, not the, the final idea. And uh, I'm really bullish in this idea because it, uh, we saw the internet, it's the same thing. 
if you build infrastructure is good, you can be part of the future. But if you onboard people, it's the same, it's the same thing. You will be part of the future because this is, are the two trends that it's happened now in, uh, in crypto and it's happening in the internet. You put people with the good infrastructure and then you, uh, you follow the, the kind of the trend and you be part of the trends. So uh, this is the kind of a, uh, a summary of the, the thesis that I have. Uh, I, so we kind of have a very similar thesis, uh, which is not only focused in Latin America, but also Southeast Asia and India uh, within OFR, which is something that uh, Lane, our managing partner, talks a lot. The, usually those countries have a, a very few notable characteristics like high inflation, wealth disparity, uh, income inequality, which is what we see uh, a lot in, in Brazil and across Latin America. I think talking about uh, Latin America more specifically uh, can be very different as you have about 33 countries and each has its own economy. So you have places like Venezuela where uh, cryptocurrency is actually uh, less volatile than their own currency. So it is seen as a form of more stable currency like uh, even like even being compared to the dollar sometimes, especially stable coins. Uh, in Brazil, however, you have cryptocurrencies uh, being seen, especially by the central bank now, as a as a form of investment. And you have, even though not much better, but much better uh, basic income around two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, whereas uh, Venezuela is about uh, thirty dollars. So uh, what we understand as this part of the global south thesis is that those places have the highest potential to become the next uh, wave of onboarding. Uh, that's also uh, why we invest in one of the projects uh, in Latin America, the functioning as, as what we see the largest guild, but not only as a guild, uh, because a lot of what we see now is uh, guilds in GameFi uh, becoming just a marketing uh, DAO but uh, actually onboarding users and have a positive onboarding rate is something that we don't see a lot. Uh, we see a lot of marketing, uh, but that's not one of the reasons why we invested uh, in this guild specifically uh, called Ducks. And when we compare it to other guilds in regions that are outside of this geography of the global South, uh, what we started to see is that you have negative onboarding rate uh, in, in those places. While on Ducks, uh, it maintains a positive onboarding of users, uh, which makes it very interesting for us as this full uh, system play where it onboards users. And uh, it also plays an important role within the portfolio of, of OFR. Uh, for instance, when, when we make the projects talk to each other and create this positive synergy, uh, I believe you may have heard about Genopads as well, Andrea, which is one of the largest positions within DAGs and where we also see the game economics starting to make sense. Uh, and also Meta Derby, which is another position where DAGs is heavily exposed. So uh, maybe we could, uh, I believe you have seen those projects. If you have, like, uh, what are your thoughts about them? Great, great. No, I know, as well as you, as you know, I... I'm a really big fan of uh, ducks, and um, you know they—they they, this kind of a positive onboard is a, um, 
a thing that is really necessary. You need to see this uh, business grow uh, through through the years and through the the maps, you know. And this is really helpful to understand uh, how the the founders you are dealing with the bear markets, you know. And and the same thing that's happening in, in games, you know. Like uh, we saw that I think that the most unknown. Uh, uh, guild is YGG, you know, YG Guild Games. And then we saw this kind of behavior that, oh, they just buy things and then wait and they don't uh, show anything else what has happened uh, behind the curtain. It's a kind of thing that uh, uh, got me really upset as an investor uh, in the past. So uh, nowadays, I mean, I'm thinking that more broadly, uh, this is what I see in Ducks, you know, I see. Uh, for sure, they, they are uh, close because they are in Brazil. But uh, I see this kind of willingness to to find the new business model because uh, we saw uh, Guild, you know, as a thing that okay, these are so dependent of the games and the games economy that they needed to to find the other uh, sustainable business model to uh, to thrive. And this is what uh, they are looking for for sure. You know, bad, uh, the other example that I, that I mentioned, uh, they have a, a, a thing that you can flip the items. But uh, uh, this is the first thing, you know, like you can buy from you an item, an NFT, uh, like a lens or a, a kind of a, a character and then sell in the open market when it is open. But uh, they need to find a model that is sustainable, you know, like as I saw in, in one of the Delph Digital uh, reports, they uh, give that hint, you know, like uh, you need a kind of a, a sinky liquidity positive, not a sinky liquidity negative that is what's happened uh, in Axie Infinity. I'm really bullish in the idea of the guild and the games because it's just a matter of time. You know? From my perspective, it, it is, it's the same what happened in, in cryptographic history. We saw that uh, when one guy, uh, for sure, a really intelligent guy and uh, you know smart guy decided to build something. They just need a premise. They just need something to pursue it. I mean, all this kind of asymmetric curve that happened in crypto that I you know like, it's allow you to uh, to to be totally uh, like unhackable. It's happening with in their minds. You know, they have the idea. Oh, if I find some. Uh, a symmetric curve that I can provide some answer and it's not possible to reverse back. It to be like a, a sand grail. And this is what happened. It's for sure it's from the, the idea to, to find this, this asymmetric curve to, uh, to, the, to the real find. It uh, took a while for sure. But the same thing that is happening in, in crypto now. You know? What you need from the perspective of the games is that, okay, I need to find a game, a uh, game that I pay people to play or just like uh, they pay while they are playing uh, as example that I uh, play and earn and not like play to earn or click to earn or something like that. They need to find this and need to find a sustainable, uh, uh, sustainable product that can provide people like a half of income of the minimum uh, salary in Brazil maybe $100, $150 uh, per month. If they find this, this equation is, is true, 
they can uh, grow a lot. You know, they can find a really, really good environment to grow uh, uh, after they find this. So fr from my perspective, it's just like a matter of time. And uh, we, we saw this kind of behavior a lot in crypto. We follow the devs, we follow the money. And uh, this is a kind of a, a game that uh, you, you raise your chances to win, you know, if you find this, this kind of two behaviors. So where do the people are investing and where the developers are going to uh, find and uh, uh, landing their big brains to, to solve the problems? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you and I are both pretty aligned on the overall game five thesis as the next rally. Uh, and it, it's just a matter of picking what would be the main projects. But uh, I'd like to move away a bit from this topic and uh, actually pick your brain a little bit about what's happening uh, in the current situation in Brazil as they try to uh, regulate the way exchanges work. Uh, and more specifically, what, what are your views about the segregation of funds, which has been a huge topic uh, being discussed into the legislation? Uh, in case someone is not aware and is listening to this now, uh, pretty much what the Brazilian bank, the Brazilian regulators are doing, they're trying to uh, regulate exchanges, but they're what they're trying to include into the law the fact that user funds may not be separated into uh, exchange funds, and pretty much everything would would be pulled together, and especially in the in, in this moment that we're living now, there we're seeing so many defaults with a 3AC, Voyager, and everything. What's your view in case we pass legislation where user funds can be mixed with uh, exchange funds? And uh, what, what are the risks that you see with that? Yeah, I know it's kind of fun because if you, you ask the same question, like in the end of the, the last year, in the end of 2021, Maybe I, my answer would be like, okay, it's a, it's a bump, but the people need to find this kind of segregation uh, uh, money from the client to the, uh, to the exchange. Uh, this is the, the way that uh, uh, TradeFi do. And it's just you know, like all these things that are more political answer. But now I see that, okay, guys, you are doing the same kind of mistakes, the shit mistakes that you, you made in Tradeify a long time ago. So, okay, let's understand that uh, that uh, those guys in Tradeify, they they have the solution. They already have the solution. So why not follow uh, this idea to prevent us to to go, uh, to, to totally be broke? We solve the free euro capital problem. And this is a kind of fact to everyone. All this kind of ethos in crypto that I follow, don't trust, Verify, okay, it's not a suitable for people that I trust because I don't need verify because I trust. And, and this is what I, what I saw. Uh, and it, it's, it's amazing to see that uh, uh, what is happening in CFI, it's uh, happening in, in DeFi, you know, because of this kind of, uh, not kind, because of this transparency that we saw. Uh, what is happening uh, in DeFi that are so transparent you saw that the liquidations happening, which price and all, all those things for sure. Uh, you have the risk that's a kind of a big wall of big uh, 
liquidation of the price of to Bitcoin in 2018 or something like that. And this is you'll be sync the first sync for all the markets, but uh, it's transparent. What you don't know is uh, what happening in CFI, and this is the problem. When you are going through CFI, you have the regulation, uh, you have this all all the benchmark to follow. So from my perspective, is this you know like it. We as investor, you don't want that market to go away, and for sure, it's not go away. And okay, everyone decide that okay, crypto is just like a a fad, and then go back to work in McDonald's and all those things out, and go back to to work in trade fight. This this wants to happen, but uh, uh, we don't know what will be the the consequence of not uh, follow the rules or the rules that a trade fight are imposing us, and 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 that's the reason why I think that the regulation we go. As a punch you now, because they have the, the motivation now. They have all the examples that I have. Okay, guys, they say, ah, you don't want a legislation, you don't want a, a regulation in your case, but I see what happened with it. With I leave people do what they want and make like the route to regulation. It's not, it's not working. It's not working in the past. It isn't work now. It, it won't work in the future. So uh, this is from my perspective about the regulation and, and all those things that I said. We need, you know, we need, we, do, we are not a, you are humans uh, uh, as the, the past humans. You make the same mistakes again and again. So the regulations, I think that if you want to see the investments uh, uh, like uh, traditional investors and for sure institutional investor come uh, uh, as a whole, we need to, to follow the rules that they are uh, agree with and they are uh, uh, they understand this is correct. This is my perspective of this, and I mean, I'm really for sure I, I will see people complain about my position, but uh, as I see it, uh, it's a thing that you need regulation, it's necessary, and you are facing the problem of not having the regulation. I, I totally agree with that, and uh, I also see that reflected a lot in the in the projects that you guys do at the 2TM holding Mercado Bitcoin and the type of products that you guys are offering, such as fixed income products that are usually uh, other exchanges are, are not offering. And they, they actually work in a very regulated way, providing a type of fixed income instrument, which is uh, fully regulated. Uh, but most of the listeners and uh, most of people abroad, not in Brazil, are not very familiar with those with those products, uh, could you maybe just shed some light into how those products work and uh, how you guys see the reception of that in the market? Yeah, this is a, a good question. You know, like I joined the team in, in 2000, this year, the beginning of the year, um, but I have a, a kind of perspective of this. You, know, you are like a regulated player. That's what it defines as. You know? And if, with this definition, we we decide not to follow uh, the deals that are, are not uh, this aligning with the same idea that you had. So in Portugal, uh, I'm here now, and uh, we bought Cryptologia. Cryptologia it's a kind of exchange, not a, a the same level of exchange that you have in Brazil, but a kind of a, they have the license. So this is the the kind of game that uh, you wanna play. And when you see uh, the other uh, uh, things that are looking for is in the uh, is in the same field. You know, you want to play the game is uh, the game with the regulator, uh, and to, and the reason of this is that uh, for sure the 
the crypto uh, the value is more than one trillion, three trillions. But uh, from from our perspective, we just see we reach like 10 trillions, 20, 30 trillions of dollars if the money from the institutional come to crypto. And this guy, they are more worried about not lost the money and uh, lose the money. Indeed, they are worried about uh, not investing fraud or something that uh, can uh, make it, uh, uh, make their image uh, going really bad from other investors. It's the kind of thing that they build in, in uh, going through the decades of uh, uh, good decisions. So they don't want to uh, put some mark, uh, really good, bad mark in their business. And I understand this is a thing that uh, is really crucial to understand how the, the industry, crypto industry, you will be big in the future. And if, uh, for us, uh, uh, I, I think that uh, we, we pursue in, in crypto markets this. You want to legitimate games, legitimate companies that uh, align with your ideas. So we have, uh, uh, for sure, uh, targets with uh, people or companies, actually, uh, startups that are, are uh, uh, looking for to solve of uh, tax problems and uh, comply with the the regulator and all those things out. And uh, they, they gave, this game, it's, uh, it, it, from my perspective as a research also, is the more profitable in the future. Because the, when you see the movements of uh, the money, I think that the the retail is here. You know, like it, it still as a uh, asset class of retailers. For sure, we have Michael Sayer, we have the bank, we have the other banks, but uh, they are just like put a small uh, first part of their their feet tongue on the the water. They are not jumping. So you wanna you wanna be the guy that uh, are uh, open to receive that guy with the, any questions. I mean. Uh, any any question about uh, uh, our uh, or, or any other litigation problems? You know, like okay, guys, I understand you as are full compliant, so I want to put money on you because I don't trust you anyone anyone else uh, besides you. So this is our our dream, the future to what you want to build in Latin America, and for sure in the first place in Brazil. That's that's right, but like when I when I hear about the president of the central bank in Brazil talks about blockchain, uh, what I see is much less speculation as we see abroad, with uh, we mainly see token deals. But it seems that the focus in the country is mainly about using blockchain technology to actually make the processes more transparent, to uh, accelerate the speed with which transactions are carried out. So uh, when we look at the deals in Latin America, it's very different from when we look at deals uh, in other places like Asia and the US. So what we see is mainly equity deals and uh, usually going through tokenization of assets uh, and especially tokenization of regulated financial products like fixed income products and uh, so on. And but uh, it's very hard to gauge at which stage we are in terms of the tokenization technology curve. Uh, so from your local perspective, how have you seen this tokenization efforts 
being applied in uh, everyday life. Like uh, I see that you guys uh, apply that a lot in the projects that you offer. Uh, but what is your overall vision of tokenization um, for for the let's say the real economy and the benefits that it's going to bring, like speeding up clearing processes, for instance, and this type of positive effect? Nice, nice question, Dwi. Uh, you know, like in Brazil, just like your uh, introduction about the stops, like in Brazil, you have like a, a small fruit called jabuticaba. And every time when you have something in Brazil that just happened in Brazil, we call this a jabuticaba brasileiro, you know, this name of fruit of Brazil, because they just happened in Brazil. I, I saw that this kind of tokenizations as we we pursued in Brazil is totally different all around the world, you know. Uh, the first step of this kind of tokenization we saw in the STO frenzy, I think in the end of 2018. And uh, this is totally makes sense, you know. I mean, okay, this is kind of ICO, uh, security token offer now, you know, like the initial coin offer. This is kind of ICO without uh, the problems with the ICO with fraud because it does you be, have a stamp of the... Uh, the uh, SEC, you know, this SEC. So, okay, makes sense. It's totally, you know, like it's kind of a just use the powerful of the uh, the tools, the, the blockchain to do the same pro the same process that they they made before with more efficiency. And for sure, it's, it, it is still true. Uh, it's more efficient. Uh, I heard this from uh, one of the biggest uh, banks in Brazil, BTG. Uh, the the guy there that told that oh it's more efficient for sure uh, in the future everything will be uh, tokenized uh, and this, this is true the truth this is still the path that we are looking for but uh, in the way of this we we have the regulation and this is a kind of a, not a problem but a, a bump that you need to uh, to jump and uh, you know uh, live with is that uh, for the regulation uh, they don't have the any and uh, we won't have any willingness to regulated things. I mean, they they they, they don't have any uh, you know like gain to well regulated something. I mean, uh, I mean, the, if they regulated well, okay, guys. Everyone said okay, it's good. It's kind of a traditional. If it's working, you don't notice. But uh, if it's broken, guy. We will hear a lot about the people complaining you on your years all around the road and through the years that you make a shit regulation. So in that sense, uh, we we saw a many many projects in Brazil going to regulator and ask for clarity. This is the first topic that they open every time with the regulation at regulators. And uh, because of that, if you, you don't have the uh, regulation clarity in this some aspect as like stocks or a fixed income as a whole, uh, as a bond in the United States or something like that. We in Mercado Bitcoin are looking for non-security uh, tokens. This is, I think, is the best definition. You have some products here in Brazil that is not considered as a security, and then you can tokenize this and uh, you can uh, sell for the retail. Uh, it's a kind of a income that uh, some business receive. Imagine that you need you you are sure receive like two million reais in the next twelve months, but you need money now. You need money to 
to pay your uh, your staff or buy some, uh, you know, in case of restaurants, buy some food to stay on the business. And uh, you are really uh, cool with you uh, pay, uh, receive a little, a little bit, uh, few bucks uh, to receive now. So this is a kind of product that it, we we tokenize, you know, kind of a income from the uh, from the business for sure is a kind of reliable business. We you are sure that they will receive this money, and then you can kind of uh, uh, put the money in the first place, and then receive what they they want to receive with the annualized return with eighteen percent. So this is a product that's really really cool now because uh, all the, the the stocks and crypto are it's going down. And people are looking for kind of fixed income. And this is a kind of thing that uh, is really suitable now. And um, if, I, if I could define this, is that it is. You, you are looking for non-security tokens to tokenize it. And then uh, no security token to, to sell uh, to our clients. And this kind of uh, uh, fixed income uh, business, uh, model. For sure, this is a kind of uh, what is growing really fast in Brazil. And the actual, I don't see this happen uh, abroad. I don't see this happening like United States, Europe, or even South Asia. I'm not sure. I'm not a, a sure specialist on this, but uh, I think that is is kind of a jabuticaba brasileiro. Just happened in Brazil. That's very good. That's very uh, in line with what we have seen as well. And uh, I just want to be respectful with your time, uh, Andre. And uh, thank you for coming here. But uh, before we, in terms of uh, user funds, so uh, I just, uh, as a last, as a last point here before we go, I just wanted to get your view on uh, how do you see the way local exchanges uh, compete, how that hurts the national industry, and what is the impact for foreign exchanges operating in such a loose way within Brazil, uh, leading to. Uh, money laundering cases and uh, a lot of other negative consequences for the users that have no protection, uh, such as in this case, they were able to deposit funds into a platform and then they're not able to take it out. So uh, how how does the local market see that? Yeah, great question. You know, like, okay. This is one thing that uh, we we can forecast in the, in the past, you know, I mean, we saw this happen a little bit with Bitfinex, with Bitmax, uh, and for sure you would be with your other uh, far companies that don't have any uh, any jurisdictions in Brazil, and for sure in, in any place. Though know, I mean, like they are global as definition, so this would be a problem because countries have different rules. So if you don't follow the rules, you'll be uh, you you could be arrested. But uh, uh, this kind of crypto environments, uh, it's a possibility to stay global for a while. Uh, but uh, when you reach certainly, uh, uh, certainly, you know, like a size, you need to follow the regulation of each country. This is what happened a lot. You know, like you saw this with Uber, with Airbnb. They just like, okay, I start my business with, just with a uh, uh, business dev, uh, biz dev in some country. And then when you reach some uh, uh, size, you will pursue a kind of a license, you know, like be complained with the, complied with the, uh, the country. Uh, and this is what, uh, what is not happening now with some uh, exchange in Brazil. 
And when this is not a full compliant, you, you, you can face a problems with your clients and for sure with the, the kind of gateway that are, you are linked with. Because sometimes this kind of uh, uh, the guilt is it's going to be from both sides, you know, from the, the side of the exchange that not follow the rules and doesn't care. And for sure, the, the side from the side of the, the gateway that uh, they, are done, they are so small that uh, they can uh, uh, go through under the radar of the regulator. So in, now in Brazil, it's a kind of a really, really harmful for the clients because uh, they kind of uh, believe in some brands that are strong, is global strong. And then when they, they face this kind of problem, they, they couldn't, uh, you know, uh, call to anyone, uh, call to, to a regulator or some like uh, people that can solve the problem without of the, the exchange. And, and, and this, this is really harmful because sometimes the people... Uh, can feel, uh, make a confuse about uh, what is crypto market to what is the exchange. And uh, this is heard a lot. We saw this happening in Brazil uh, with the other uh, scams that has hurt our markets as a whole. You know, people that uh, believe it, that, oh, I saw the brands on TV, I saw the brands on like uh, ads on YouTube or something that, and the, I believe it that because of this kind of uh, propaganda. But uh, after after a while, they saw that they just guy uh, get their money and then uh, go away, and the people uh, are uh, stolen by millions of reais uh, because they believe in this kind of brand. For sure, it's not the same case here uh, as exchange, but uh, it's a kind of a uh, same problem. You you couldn't access your money, and this is a kind of a disgrace for imagine the guy that invested everything in crypto. And they are correct about the kind of uh, you no know, shit coin that uh, he bought, but uh, it's wrong. Uh, the the tools that they uh, that he used about the exchange, and uh, it it seems to be the kind of sweet spots that a regulated uh, exchange in Brazil uh, could follow. And from my perspective, you know, like we have a bunch of people who, who invested in for sure have more money, have more money. Than the crypto natives that invest in, in, in trade in financial uh, traditional finance, and uh, he, now the exchange are looking for uh, that kind of people, not the retail as a whole. And this is, uh, as you saw, XP, you know, like the biggest one of the biggest exchange, traditional exchange in Brazil. Uh, they have like uh, billions AUM, you know, like under management. So this is the kind of money that. Uh, uh, exchange Brazil, crypto exchange, they are looking for. And I think that uh, for playing the game, you need to be re regulated and for sure it's not uh, suitable for some uh, exchange, global exchange that don't have any uh, any documents in Brazil and uh, any uh, they are not uh, uh, facing any surveillance for the regulators. So this is my, my perspective about this situation in Brazil. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the OFR podcast and follow us on Twitter at OFR Fund for more general sharing. See you next time.